and serve and do your will and live for you. So we thank you for that opportunity today. In Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 So we were talking about God's comfort. And uh, we'll continue along uh, uh, that line if you uh, can get the uh, tapes from Cleveland I did on Strong Consolation. Those are very similar to this and, and this is more of an applied uh, way of, <coughs> of understanding that. But I was saying that we need to rethink uh, our definition of comfort when it comes to God. Uh, because your spirit man... <coughs> simply needs to be encouraged to continue in God and that's the type of comfort that God gives we talked about the covenant that we have with God being so ironclad it's um, it's established in an oath and a promise so it's not just that God tells us he's going to do things for us but he gives his word he swears by his own life his integrity all that backs him up the heavenly hosts everything is on the line as far as his keeping his word to us is concerned so you will not have ever a stronger guarantee of uh, uh, if you would step out in faith and believe that these things will happen for you, you you've got to understand the strength of the covenant that we have uh, when when people men would make covenants the bible says an oath of confirmation brings an end to all strife see when <clears throat> say if there were two people that were enemies and they decided to sit down and break bread and have a covenant meal that ended they're striving against one another so you now got up from the table and embraced a friend I was thinking about that how many tables of betrayal we have uh, where you know say people who have been married and you know all of a sudden something's too big for for them to forgive and where they've broken bread together at one time now they're betraying one another and that that in the the you know in an eastern culture that kind of thing was just unheard of you would you would forfeit your life if you did that you got me because the those who were called to enforce that and avenge it could come and take your life for breaking covenant because what you were doing you were taking that other person's security away from them you were taking their hope away from them you were just bankrupting uh, and how casual we look at things like that now in the world how casual we look at divorce we look at we used to call them broken homes now we call them uh, you know blended families and we've got all kinds of nice terms to put on things that were really uh, uh, a uh, law it was breaking the law you know and it still is breaking God's law in this day and so we've got to understand that we as Christians are called to a higher level of living we're called to higher principles higher morals higher everything because we serve the highest power in the universe and that is the the living God and how can we do that well we have to do it because he empowers us to do it there's no excuse now because he empowers us to do it and part of that empowerment has to do with the fact that he has given us an oath and a promise that he will help us and empower us to carry out everything we need to do so the commandments that used to be contrary to us are doable now because we are empowered by his spirit and that gives us strong consolation I mean that's to me that's reassuring oh I don't have to try and do this myself I'm not here on trial by God he's not watching me to make sure I don't make a misstep but he's empowering me to do the right thing so you can't just say he's not watching me and judging against me you must include that he's empowering you to do the right thing other than that we just live like heathens and think we have an excuse for it well some somebody heard it but it's very important it's very important to have that distinction in your mind that yeah you do have to obey the commandments but they're written in your heart and he empowers you to fulfill what he requires from you. He still requires us not to lie, cheat and steal. 
He still requires us not to murder and not to bear false witness. All that stuff he still requires that we obey his law. But he empowers us to do it and when we fail he's quick to forgive us. He's plenteous in mercy if we will repent and turn away. And so there's still decisions that we have to make as believers to allow God's work to work in us. You must make that decision to allow God to work in you. But when he does, when you make that decision, you will find that he's there for you in a very strong way. So the word consolation that was used in Hebrews 6.13 has the same root as the word comforter or the Holy Spirit. So that's why we have to think of comfort in a different way. Think of comfort more as insurance guarantee and reassurance than just petting you on the head when you feel bad. See that's human comfort that we're accustomed to. We're all accustomed to when we don't feel good or when we are upset we can go to somebody and they'll listen to us. And we're not changed. Because <laughs> you'll go to another person. You ever see people that bleed all over the place? You know they bleed to this one and that's not enough. They bleed to the next one. That stuff never gets taken care of. Well God as the comforter wants to take care of that stuff for us. He wants to lift those burdens. Remedy that. And begin to bring healing into us. If we will understand what we have. So the strong consolation means that we go through life intact. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. He's the God of peace. He's the prince of peace. And the peace means that you're an integrated whole person. You're not fragmented. You're not messed up in the head. You're not insecure. You're not nervous. You're not frustrated. You're not angry. You're not upset. You are intact. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. See? So when God moves on us with his compassion he moves to bring restoration he moves to bring wholeness he brings to move, moves to bring healing he moves to bring the missing part what's been stolen from you by the enemy's work we're going to have that down here on earth you're going to have things that the devil does and sets up and gets you involved and all that kind of stuff. You know, setting snares and setting traps and all that kind of stuff. But God delivers us out of them all. Amen. So that's what the, 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 the uh, comforter brings. He brings deliverance. He brings a way out. He brings a hiding place if that's necessary. He brings all of those things. My my late husband was was sick for about two years. You know, first they diagnosed the cancer. Well, he he wasn't well. His breathing was bad and some other things. And when he finally went to the doctor, he found out all these things and and cancer too. Well, I couldn't crawl in a hole somewhere and be nervous and scared. I had to keep going. I had y'all to face twice a week. You got me? And so <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just keep going. You that's and that's was my consolation. I knew he was there for me. You know, my first thought was, God, how am I gonna do all of this? And then in that, that next instant, the power of God came on me and I was assured you know that he was there for me and I could lean on him and all I needed to do was put one foot in front of the other and live by faith and he was always there for me and so those are the things that where you have strong consolation that you can go through life intact you got me nothing missing nothing broken that you can be a person who recovers everything you don't want to be a victim you want to be a victor and so that's the comfort that God brings so we need to think of comfort totally differently than what we've been accustomed to thinking about it because after a while you get tired of sitting on daddy's lap and and crying about everything it's like can I get back to my life again you understand what I'm saying and I remember that you know I I can remember times when when I would you know be upset and out of sorts and you know my husband would ignore me for a minute and then one one minute he said come here and you know you know but he didn't make the problem go away made me feel better that he finally picked up on what I send into him I'm watching you. <laughs> I'm watching you, watching you. You know, whatever. But 
it's like that sometimes. So you know, but but comfort in a spiritual sense of God. God's got one thing on His mind. That's victory. That's recovery. That's healing. That's wholeness. That's what the Holy Spirit brings as the comforter and strong consolation. That oath and promise means that there is nothing too hard for God. There's nothing that's off the table that you can't ask him for that he won't bring to you and bring it speedily and bring it mightily. And so in in our thinking about the Holy Spirit being the comforter, because now when you think about it, have you ever known the Holy Spirit to just sit you down and pet you up and tell you it's not so bad? He doesn't do things like that. And so we don't get that from God. So we know that when we go to God with our needs, he's going to give us a way out. He's going to give us a plan. He's going to send us winting. You know, <laughs> we're healed as we went or as we go, and 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 that's what he really wants for us: for us to be overcomers of the challenges that life will bring to us. The word "strong" actually means forcible, so this is a force that God pushes towards us to receive you know it's that way Uh, (coughs) compassion is like that we'll talk a little bit more about that as a a force that dominates the atmosphere and will dominate and uh, encompass us that word compassion means to surround or to compass you and then when you walk into that in God it just so grips you and grabs you that you you can't resist it it's that forceful and forcible it's boisterous and mighty and powerful man is strong and it's valiant the word valiant means fearless so the Holy Spirit is not afraid of anything and when he gets total control of you you won't be afraid of anything man and so it's it's just that way there's a, a forcefulness there that is is makes it um irresistible you know you you, you kind of have to pick up on that and you'll you'll grab hold of it because it comes to you as such a force you know force that that can't be resisted so in John I think it was in John 14 I was looking at we'll <clears throat> just pick up where we left off or give a little overlap here in John fourteen fifteen, Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter. So the comforter, or the strong consoler, or the, the one who uh, uh, empowers us and encompasses us, comes as a response to our obedience to God. So when we, when we obey God, then he will we automatically have the comforter there going to bat for us you know because it it comes as as we obey our end of the covenant so if we are obey our end God obeys his and he sends someone to strengthen us on our journey someone to strengthen us as we go someone who is strong and forceful in things who can make a difference He says, I'll pray the Father and will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. So this is available to us forever. Never unavailable to us. Holy Spirit's always there for us. He says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. You get the Holy Spirit through repentance, you know, and and making that confession to Christ. Because it doesn't see him and it doesn't know him. But you know him because he dwells with you and will be in you. So he was talking about a future time after the finished work at Calvary. Release the Holy Spirit. Remember the the temple, the veil in the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. And all kinds of miracles happened in Jerusalem that day. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. That word actually means orphaned or fatherless. Mm-hmm. So you have a father. So see the Holy Spirit actually is the spirit of adoption. Mm-hmm. 
When you have relationship with God through the Holy Spirit, that spirit of adoption automatically comes to you. Well, you cry, Abba, Father. You, got, you know God is a personal Father. He says, and I will come to you. He said, yet a little while and the world sees me no more, etc., etc. He says, at that day you shall know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. In other words, the Holy Spirit completes our understanding of the Trinity. It completes our understanding of Jesus being the express image of of the invisible God. That's how God expresses himself through his word and through his son. So his, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and he expressed our, the father's love for us. So everything that Jesus did is a reflection of the father God and how he feels toward us. So that that's, that's important because many times people think of God as this great big uh, angry person. Up in heaven or very stern, you know, whatever you may have thought a father was in the natural. You know, you you kind of put that on God a little bit. But he's not as loving, he's not as kind. And Well, if he's not, where did Jesus come from? Because Jesus is the express image of the father. So Jesus was giving and, and loving and he did everything the father told him. He didn't go beyond or, or beneath what, what the father God told him to do. So he was the expression of the father God here on earth. So we know we can trust God. Jesus was trustworthy. He was kind. He was firm. He was uh, holy. He rebuked the devil. He was strong. He was valiant. All these kinds of things. And God is all those kinds of things. So when we need these things, we we know that we can come to our God. So Jesus said, in the day of the comforter, you will know that he and the Father are one. So, you know, is as opposed to, say, maybe a Hindu or a, a Buddhist or somebody. They have many gods they have to go to. And they never know if they got the right God or not. How easy it is for us. You know, we don't have to make sacrifices to many gods. In fact, we present our bodies as living sacrifices one time. And, and God is 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 anxious to uh, work with us and to help us when we're obedient like that so Jesus said that that the father and I are one and we know that through the strong consolation of the Holy Spirit we know that through the comforter because he reinforces our knowledge of God when we pray the Holy Spirit bears witness when we've when we've gotten through to God, that we gives us the bond of peace, and He just reaffirms and reconfirms everything that that the Father is doing for us. So He's kind of like our our broadcaster of the goodness of God. He just makes it a big thing. He makes it obvious. He makes it real to us by demonstrating the love of God in all situations. And so that's how we have strong consolation. He the Comforter comes to magnify, make real, embellish, uh, make known, fortify that that God has given us and that he desires to give us. He broadcasts it because Jesus lives in us, in our spirits. The spirit of Christ dwells in us. And the Father is is there uh, to to direct things. He has the imagination and then the vision and so forth of the Godhead. But there has to be a way that that's communicated. All those ideas and thoughts and love toward us are communicated to us and made real. And so the Holy Spirit manifests the word of God. He manifests the imagination of the Father, the concept, the ideas of the Father, and he manifests the word of God. So there has to be a way that mankind can connect with God in a real way. And that's the Holy Spirit. So, so he being the, express, the expression of God's um, ideas for us, his ways, all of those things, and the one who strengthens us. To perform what we need to do. And he makes it real. So that it's not 
we're looking he'll God will come to us one way uh, and manifest in a way that's foreign to us it, he becomes familiar with us he, he he's the one who solidifies the relationship he's a, a go-between so to speak you know back in the day when Hebrew uh, young people were getting married all they were they were chaperoned everywhere that they were so there was a person assigned as a go-between to negotiate and make sure the relationship was smooth and that's the holy spirit for us we're we're uh committed to christ in marriage and betrothal and the holy spirit now is working it out between us what does jesus expect us to do well the holy spirit will make it plain to us makes it real when the word comes to us in revelation he gives a witness to that he confirms it to you he lets you know that yep this is the real deal and this is the way to go so that you're never comfortless you're never fatherless you're not out here just stabbing in the dark by yourself trying to guess at what god is this right is that right what should i do here what should i do there i remember living like that when i was a new believer where i was never sure what i needed to do to get god to do something and then i remember one day hearing the copelands talk about how they first got into understanding faith and they said that it, it they said we would study our our tapes over and over and over again and they were uh they were in Oral Roberts school but they went they would go over to Rama. I mean you know Tulsa was like that like a little shopping center if you wanted anything spiritual you could hop from one place to the next to the next and there were lots of places that were strong in the word and she said that we 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 knew we were missing something see this is where you need strong consolation see this is where it comes in where you look at the word and you look at your life and you believe the word and you look at your life and you keep holding on to the word and you look at your life and something's not coming together right you see and so what happens is that the holy spirit's job is to make those two come together right see because he makes the promise real because he's he is the surety he's the guarantee of this covenant that this covenant works it works for everybody it works no matter what country you're in what language you speak where you came from it works for everybody and he's the one that provides us that understanding of it and they said one day it came to them as they were listening to some I don't know who probably Brother Hagin's tapes that if this was going to work for them they had to get beyond the place of trying to see what to do to make God do something and believe it was done already and it was the devil who was making them think it was not theirs and so they began to stand on the word they said they did it for healing they did it in their finances they did it to get their house in order they did it for everything and they began to uh, began to assume that they had it already and if the thought came to them that they didn't they rebuked that thought and began to meditate on the word and everything grew from there that's faith that's a proper application of faith it's not that we're some little orphans over here and the devil's kicking us around and we can't do anything but the holy spirit makes that connection for us we get connected into the word the promise our life all of that comes together because he forcefully and in a strong way makes it real to us and then he empowers us to do our part to make sure that it happens he'll direct your steps the right way he'll guide your mind the right way he'll help you to understand that you can't think that way and expect good results in your life yeah i remember that i remember thinking that when when i was first saved and god was healing my mind i remember thinking that i would never i said i'll never be able to think any way other way than than i do you know it just would would seem so futile and then little by little that started to fall away and i thought to myself i said boy i've been thinking good thoughts for like 10 minutes half hour 
I'm, I'm telling you, it was like that, folks. So, you know, you, you might think it's a little amusing or it'll never happen to you. But that's where I lived when I first met the Lord. I was a crazy person. I was on medication. I was in therapy. I was in 12 different step groups. You know, I mean, I had to keep a calendar to know what group I was going to and what pill to take to get to the group so I could function. You understand what I'm saying? And there came a day when the word of God came to me that said, whatever is true, lovely, good report, honest, praiseworthy, trustworthy, any virtue and any praise, think on those things. And I said, God, do you mean I can control how I think? That was a new thought to me. Because I'd be depressed all day and suicidal and, and just was waiting for some relief. And one day I got the word and that word became real to me. At first I read it and I got mad because I said I can't do that. I've been trying it. Well that's the problem. You're not believing God. If he told you to do it you can do it. That's something that came to me. I wasn't in a church. I was just the Holy Spirit taught me those things. And I thank God for it. Because even if you're in a church, he still has to teach you and make it real to you. You've got to go home and apply this stuff. And that's when you need him. You know, in church we can all receive the word real easy. But it's when it's in the, the doing it that you need the strong consolation. And so I was able, little by little, to gain control over my thoughts little by little it's amazing how God can if you will ask him for what you need how he will lead you he will make sure you get there he'll make sure you get the right person the the right ministry the right everything so that you can can get what you need from him and so little by little I was able to see that I could do that but I was always aware that God was helping me as always it was never after that point it was never my total my efforts but it was trusting that he would help me do it and and that he did and so <clears throat> As a comforter, then Jesus said that I'm going and I'll leave you another comforter or another expression of the Father's love. See, that's what the comforter is. He's an expression of the Father's love and he's the one who demonstrates. So as the comforter, Jesus was able to help people. Through teaching and preaching and empowering. That's what he did. He taught, he preached, and he empowered. And then the Holy Spirit was able to manifest the truth that he preached. He he relieved people of their burdens of life by instructing them in the ways of the kingdom. In other words, he says, I know life is is handing you a bunch of nonsense right now. But the kingdom way, see, there's a kingdom that you can abide in over here. And this is the place where I want you to abide so that the burdens of life do not overwhelm you. That's how we do this. Is that we, we put on Christ and he's not burdened. He's not overwhelmed. He's not defeated. He's not depressed. There's, there's nothing wrong in him. He, these are the ways of the kingdom. So, And he gave them commands and empowered them to carry them out. And Luke chapter 9 we see that in the, uh, uh, the uh, <coughs> disciples. Luke chapter 9 verse 1. Then he called his twelve disciples together. And gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure disease. So what more do you want? Huh? You go out packing with that boy and you can really, you can really, well what if the devil comes after? What if he comes after you? The Bible says that, that his glory is your rear guard. He's not going to come after you. Are you kidding me? The devil stays so far away from you if you are empowered by God. Now he may try and distract you and tempt you. But the Bible says, remember when, when the Bible says when Jesus was led up into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. 
Okay, so that was God's permission. Why does God allow that? So we can overcome, and we can see them having the effect on us. <laughs> huh? That's why. So we can prove to ourselves that the devil has no effect on us anymore. I can remember when my marriage was in a mess when I first I came to the Lord because of a nervous breakdown because of a, a, a messed up marriage really and and as I began to walk with God I developed this kind of reluctance you know I said well Lord I'm you know I'm I don't know how long we're going to be together and all this kind of stuff and and one day God just yanked me up and he told me, he said, you're going to have troubles in your marriage. He said, but you go through it with me this time. You won't be defeated by it. See, and, and, and that's, see, that's, to me, that's better than me trying to believe that I would never have problems again. Because that wasn't even real to me. I said, because you know what? I get in one of my fits and I might mess this up. You see what I'm saying? You tell girlfriend the wrong thing at the wrong time. Huh? You know, so it got to be mess up proof on my end as well as on, you know, and and so and that did something to me that allowed me. See, when you're afraid something bad's going to happen to you and you're scared of pain, you walk through life protecting yourself or trying to from everything. But see that if you know that the fire won't burn you, you're an overcomer and you can walk through it and be unafraid in anything. And I'm so glad he taught me that early in my walk because in because of that I was able to witness the family. I was able to you know and, and take their slings and arrows and not take them to heart. I just knew it was coming and say they ain't gonna like this, but I'm gonna tell them anyway because it's the truth. And one by one you see people get saved and you say well it's worth it you know. I mean come on now if that's all there is to this I can do this. (laughs) Because of the one who empowers me. See that's strong consolation. That's stronger than somebody wanting to pet you on the head and rub you because you're not feeling good. You still ain't feeling good. They rub didn't help you. Felt all right, but (laughs) it's an old joke. Lighten up. Jeez. (laughs) whatever but you know what I'm saying that's not your answer for anything you know it really isn't these things come to make trouble comes to make God's word of none effect for us that's why the devil does it to keep us from believing God standing on his word and doing anything it comes to separate us from the love of God see You'll never be separated from God's love because you have strong consolation through the Holy Spirit. You you can you can get to Him. You can get to God through Him anytime. And so we we need to understand that that, that these things and and you have to open the door of your heart by faith. He, he's not just going to chase you down. And you know what's wrong? What's wrong? The Holy Spirit don't operate like that. You go to Him and worship and you go to him in obedience and and then he gives you what you need you know this is a mature relationship we have with God to keep overcomers on the battlefield amen so he can keep his work going you can keep it going and you can be on time for everything that he's promised you that's coming your way so this is what the Holy Spirit has in mind he has in mind that we will be on time for every blessing, every ministry opportunity, every breakthrough, every everything that God has for us, we will keep our appointments in God. <clears throat> so he gave them commands. And in verse 1, he gave them power and authority over all devils. They're brand new believers. See, authority over the devil comes by virtue of the fact that you're purchased out of his power. The authority to minister it, though, is an empowerment of the Holy Spirit that comes through faith. You have to understand that these things are available to you. Like we do now, we read the word, we believe the word. And the anointing then comes to exercise these things. The Holy Spirit working with us. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. That's what we're here for. 
And he tells them what to do, how to manage themselves as they travel. Whosoever won't receive you when you go out of that city, don't go out talking about how bad the people are. Shake the dust off your feet. That's what that means. Just whatever was there, leave it there and keep moving on. Don't be discouraged by the fact that people don't want to hear the gospel or they make fun of you or whatever. And so they they went and they obeyed God and, and never stopped. The only time they stopped was, was when Jesus was crucified. And then he sent them the real thing after that. You know the, the way that the church would be governed throughout the ages was sent to them. That was always God's plan. To bring his spirit back to his people. To empower us to go out and do the works of God. Help humanity by doing the works of God. And uh, John... Let me see, one twelve. what did I have? Yeah, the same thing. John one twelve said, but as many as received him, that's all of us. To them he gave power to become the sons of God. So you're empowered to receive your inheritance, in other words. You're empowered to do that. It just don't sit in your lap. You have to do something. See? You must be empowered to receive your inheritance. It's not just going to come to us. So as we go about with our prayer life, with our obedience to God, using our faith, that's how you're empowered to become sons of God. And so it's a good thing that sonship is is a wonderful thing. Because you have unlimited access to God the Father. You don't have to wait for an appointment. And, you know, <laughs> I was I was listening to some of these old songs. You know, you know my thing about songs and you know how you have to correct, but you can tell sometimes by uh, what what the church says in their singing. You know, the things that we want to remember is often the things that they put to song. And and I remember a time when people thought miracles were rare. You know, you know that song, Shirley Caesar song, you're next in line for a miracle. Like there's a shortage or something. Like you got to stand in line for something from God. Well, no, you just receive it by faith. I mean, come on now. Uh, but that's what people thought. They, they It happened so rare and it took so long for most of them. Why? Because they thought that way. It's one reason you, you don't think God is working for you is because your thinking's wrong. Huh? And people were saying that. Uh, people that I knew that went to Rama uh, when Brother Hagen was alive, they would finish praise and worship, and he would get up and say, "Now you see, when we sing songs like that, those songs wrong. See, we're the wrong words. We're releasing the wrong thing into the atmosphere." Well, he was one of those people that was was teaching, and every opportunity he got to teach, he would teach. And so then the choir said, they're looking stupid, and the choir director's shrinking in his shoes, but still you need to understand these things. You got me? You, you need to understand how to be successful with your faith. And he lived it. He didn't just preach it, he lived it. He would tell you, I haven't had an aspirin since 1930 and something, <laughs> or 1940-something. And they said, well, what do you do when you're sick? I take what I preach. Huh? I take what I preach. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I thank God for faithful teachers like that. I thank God for people that could wanted to demonstrate to themselves in their own lives that it was real. And then they could pass it on to people, uh, other people in a real way. So, you know, a lot of people would look at him and shrug and go take their aspirin. You know, it's on you what you do. But you don't understand what I'm saying. It's possible that your faith can, can act like that. And so <clears throat> we need to understand, though, that the Holy Spirit empowers us to carry out our obedience as sons and daughters so that we can receive our inheritance. So we have already received Christ and we have received the power. We are empowered to be sons of God and receive our inheritance. The Holy Spirit will always move you 
to step up to the plate and do the obedience that needs to be done. He won't give you a time out or you know excuse or anything like that. He's not interested in that. He's interested in you carrying out the will of God. And John, let me think. Oh, we already we already uh, talked about that about another comforter coming. So we covered that one, and and that comforter comes to bring together everything that God has told us. So the Holy Spirit knows what's on tap for you he knows what's coming for you he knows what's promised he's got it on a schedule he knows how to tell you to use your what what uh, um, activities to be involved in you know sometimes people are just looking at one thing from God and they focus so heavily on that well the Holy Spirit can help you to pull back from your intense you know, <laughs> gotta have it, gotta have it. You know, if I don't get it, and and anxiety and all that kind of stuff, he he levels you out so that you can know that God heard that prayer. You can know it's on the schedule. You can know it's on the way. You can have peace about it, and you could go win a soul instead of fretting all the time. You know, that's how He's able to call us into the ministry and into to working for Him. If he didn't take care of, think about all the things your life was consumed with before you met the Lord that took a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of effort. Well, if he couldn't promise you to take care of those things for you and to reassure you about them, he couldn't demand that we go into all the world and preach the gospel. We'd have two jobs, not be able to get any of it done. So he says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so that's what we look for. What that's what we use our faith for. God send me that. Let me know that that's that's there for me. The light burden and the easy yoke. I don't have to be consumed with these things, but I can live a life of ease as far as my my thought life, my expectations, all of those things can be put at ease because you give me that, that consolation on the inside. There's a settling there that cannot be moved. Cannot be moved. And so he is our comforter. He empowers us to do his will. <clears throat> so we can still have a good report even in your worst times. You know, if you expect the strength to come for the, from the comforter. You know, when you're, when you're undergoing difficulty, you need strength. You don't need pity. You don't need excuses. You don't need a, a, a time out. You need God to empower you and strengthen you. So our prayer really should be, Lord, help me to be an overcomer, you know, of this. And, and give me the strength to overcome. Joyce Meyer had a situation I always reflect on this sometimes and thinking about how God does these things and and you know her story she was abused by her own father and humiliated and went through life for many years feeling like dirt you know a nothing and a nobody uh, because the person that she counted on to to love her and 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 you know reaffirm and confirm her you know affirm who she is and her worth and all that had stolen that from her you know and and to think of somebody being in that situation well God had done a healing in her and continues to heal her just like he does all of us you know sometimes you'll be doing good for years and run into a situation that cuts a little deep you know and you've got to go back and oh, I thought I was over this you know how many times have we been there and and you know it's it's not that you're not over anything but there are, are places in us that still can be touched with feelings of weakness and then that kind of thing and so she had been criticized she had been in a church and when they left the church and and they found out she was in ministry they just let her have it I mean just all the time maligned her talked about her openly criticized her told people not to go to her meetings and over the years she said that she would feel feel the need to to you know make peace with them so she'd send the pastor card and never heard anything back she said when their ministry grew she even heard that they were doing a a project to you know renovate the church or something she sent a check it was returned to her 
You got me. And so one day after all of this had happened. And, and see if she were still the wounded person. You understand what I'm saying? It, one day though she heard that the pastor was in the waiting room outside of her office. And it set off all kinds of. I mean she said she was mad. You know and she the last communication they had. And what's this about and all this. And she said that she talked to God and she said God I'm going to let those people in here in a couple of minutes and you've got that much time to get me straight and get and she said that the whole I'm telling you it's possible and he will return you to your undamaged position nothing missing nothing broken like those people have never done anything wrong to you and she said she put a demand on God to do what he said he would do for her and make her strong in her weakness and she said when she when the she let the people in she smiled at him she was friendly and she said the pastor uh, apologized to her and was in tears and told her he said he said it's come to me just so plain by God that we were wrong all those years about you he said and we tried to hold on to our wrongness he said but I'm here to tell you that we we see your ministry now we understand your ministry we support you and we're asking you to forgive us for all of the wrong that we've done you all these years you got me and so God will reverse these things for you folks but he doesn't do it by telling you you're right because you hate somebody that hated you. He does it by empowering you to love and empowering you to do his will and empowering you uh, to be a person that comes in there in such a way that, that it makes a difference. See all the times that she, she approached them it was God. It was God. He wants to make peace. He doesn't want rifts in his body. He doesn't want his children at odds with each other. And so he wants peace. You know, over the years I've come to appreciate that a lot. Because, you know, you grow up in God and you begin to understand things and you begin to understand, you know what, if I can keep from making more more enemies <laughs> of God's people, I'll, I feel better about myself. You know, sometimes if you know you what you're believing in God is truth and it's in the word, you don't have to blast it and broadcast it to people. You can You can have that and you can look for open doors to minister truth. But the truth is is ministered in love. You know, you have to appreciate uh, the person that you're you're trying to reach. And so, over the years, you you come to understand those things. It's, you don't have to fight because you're right. You can be peaceful and be right. <laughs> so it's a good thing. So, the Holy Spirit is a compassionate comforter. From that word compassion, we need to understand. The word compassion actually is a a Latin word that means co-suffering. And that word suffer really means to endure. So you're looking at someone in a way that you're enduring what they endure. Hmm? It's not just that you've been down that road and you know how that feels and you've got a companion. But you are actually taking on what they are going through. You're enduring what they endure. And so the stronger is moved by compassion and undertakes for the weaker. You undertake for that person. When we are weak, then we are strong. And compassion helps us to keep from doubting God's love. Because it is a force that God uses to move toward us in our time of weakness. He moves it toward us in our time of weakness. Jesus had a virtue inside of him that moved out of him because there was a blanket permission for it to be released. It's not released on a case by case basis. It's there and available if we will meet the conditions for its release and he's not standing there deciding if we're supposed to have it or not. 
It has moved out of him. The woman with the issue of blood. Let me find that because I <clears throat> thought I wouldn't have to read it. But I think I will. I think it's Matthew 8. Let me see. When we try Mark 5, see if that's the one I want. <coughs> different ones give different details. Isn't that good? Okay. Yeah, Mark chapter 5. <coughs> And says the ruler of the synagogue, you know, wanted him to go home with him to heal his daughter. And Jesus said he would. So once his word's given, he keeps it. Even if the girl dies before he gets there, he keeps his word. And he says a certain woman in verse 25, which had an issue of blood 12 years, decided she couldn't wait. And had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all she had and was not, not better but grew worse. When she heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment she said something inside of herself. And it worked. What you say inside of yourself that works is God. That's something for people who give these crazy prophecies to remember if they don't work (laughs) they're not God but she said if I can touch his clothes I'll be whole the Holy Spirit told her to say that within herself and to follow up on what she told herself she had to do to get healed He'll always tell you what you need to do. He won't lead you in a wild goose chase. He won't have you trying 15 different things. Something different every day. He's not wasting your time. He's not a shot in the dark. He's not, he's not that way. He's not playing with us. He's the spirit of truth. Permission was already granted for the virtue to come out of Jesus into her. It was already granted by the Holy Spirit. That's compassion. Many times in the scriptures it says Jesus was moved with compassion and healed. He released power to eradicate disease. So compassion releases the power of the Holy Spirit to eradicate any problem. That plagues us. It says and straight away. The fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed. The Holy Spirit let her know. That the deal was accomplished. He told her. That if you touch him. You'll get it. And when she did it. He told her she had it. She knew within herself. She knew all of this by this is why we have strong consolation folks. This is better than somebody just telling you it's going to be alright one day. You got me? This is so much better. Because he takes care of everything right there on the spot when we do what we need to do. All she needed to do was release her faith and he set her up to let her know what her faith would do for her. She got in the point and did that act. That would release will release her faith. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. Strength had gone out of him. He didn't say, tell her she could have it. He didn't lay hands on her. Compassion is the force that moves toward us. And it's released any time our faith meets God's requirement. And it does not have to be done on an individual decision case by case basis. If we could get that out of our heads about God it would be great. 
He's not sitting there deciding if he's going to get you whole or not. It's already a done deal. All you have to do is exercise your faith toward him and the compassion force of God that forces it out of him into you will operate. He says immediately he knew in himself that virtue had gone out of him. He knew somebody had extracted power from him because the force of compassion is always there to deliver that into the vessel that has the need. That's what compassion does. It delivers. And he knew in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? Compassion told him that virtue had gone out of him. You got me? So the Holy Spirit's talking to her to say, listen, you can get this. Just go touch him and it will come out of him and go into you. So when that was done, he told her she was healed. And he also told Jesus, somebody just took something off of you. You got me? Or got me? It works that way with preachers who who pray for people. You got me and lay hands on people. God'll tell you how it's gonna go and, and you'll know how it's gonna go and you'll know when the deal's done. And so it, that's just the way it is. The Holy Spirit strong consolation, folks. He leaves no guesswork. There's no misunderstanding. There's no doubting what he can do. There's no there's no gaps between you and God. You know, there's he fills in those missing parts, those missing understandings. He makes sure everybody understands everything and it's real clear and it's real plain. This fact that God's ways are so mysterious, they're real plain. In the Bible, and when you get saved, they become even plainer. Because the Holy Spirit, if there's any confusion, he'll put an end to it for sure. So compassion then becomes a healing force. And it appears to move whether the vessel releases it or not. That's how people can get in a meeting. And and just be healed by lifting up hands or moving toward doing whatever the Holy Spirit tells them to do. If people would get up and do a few, you know, deep knee bends or exercises and stuff in the right healing atmosphere, the compassion of God will move and, and get it into them. So the compassion of Jesus went out of her into him. Virtue went out. That word strong. And strong consolation means virtuous. Compassion tends to, is a force that tends to want to bring things into divine order. You, you, it, it brings the result that God wants in your life. You've got to believe God wants good in your life. So it brings the, the good result that God wants. It is considered the greatest of virtues. In, in Even in other religions. Compassion is considered to be the greatest of virtues. Because it, it is an aggressive force that moves toward others. To eradicate and eliminate suffering. That's really what it's designed to do. There's a desire here to alleviate suffering and remedying pain. Not just understand your pain, but to move to get rid of it. That's what compassion does. It moves to remedy, not just feel. And only God can do this. He does it through relationship with himself, through relationship with ministry and and through other human beings compassion moves through other human beings it helps to knit the body of Christ together and it helps to mend and bring reconciliation between God and man in the world many times organizations will start out by bringing food or bringing medical help or something like that and then people want to know 
that God that supplied that. You know, if there's there's you know, if you can let them understand God and which is much better for them. And uh, you know, it's good to alleviate suffering, but compassion goes farther in in introducing sonship to people. You can be a son and a daughter and have an inheritance too. So strong consolation is how the covenant is enforced. The Holy Spirit is the great enforcer of our covenant. This makes it difficult to resist the comforter. You know, it's hard to resist the Holy Spirit. That's how people get saved. You know, we we can witness to them and tell them little things about God and they begin to watch. As the Holy Spirit's got their attention now. And so he's able to make that connection with them. And keep working at it and keep working at it. While we've, after we've given up and say they never get saved and, you know, told God if they do, you know, whatever, whatever. You know how we pop off and, uh, you know, come to our senses a little bit later and see God's worked on them, still working on them. So the Holy Spirit never leaves the job. He's always on the job. And that's good to know because for the things that we are are believing God for and the things we need and desire. He never ever quits. He's just always there working at it. Amen. He's always there working on it. So this makes it real difficult to resist him because he is the comforter that's sent to humanity. He's our personal comforter but he also works to draw others into the comfort of God. He guarantees that we will be made whole and everything that's been stolen will be restored to us. Now you know people get mad and say well how can he bring that back? You know he just, just trust him. You know just loosen up and trust him and let him do his job. And he'll restore everything to us. He really will. <clears throat> Restoration really begins in us. The God is the restore, and we cannot look to man for this, but you must look to God. You know, gotta look to God. And He's the great physician. The way to get God's restoration is do as David did and become an encourager of yourself in the Lord your God. In times of difficulty, you have to go to the Word. I remember God gave me a scripture. I was sitting in the car before Aubrey's surgery that time. We had to have his lung removed and all that stuff that he had to go through. And and God gave me the scripture. It said, I will not be afraid of evil tidings. You know, and I knew the news was going to be bad probably, but I was not going to be afraid of it. Now, if if you if you're not seeking God, you, you understand what I'm saying. If you're seeking Him, even understanding that it's not going to be good, can can if you're seeking Him and He gives you an answer, it still gives you peace, even though you know there's going to be bad news. You got me. If you're not seeking God and you get that same answer, you won't receive it. There won't be any peace there. So you got to open your heart up. To hear what God has to say to get the right effect from what he gives you. Because people who are are wishing and hoping and in denial get upset when you give them the word. You got me? It's, oh, what's it going to be? Is it going to be? You fall apart. But if you open your heart to receive what God has for you, even though you know the news is not going to be good, you have peace about it. You got me? Before my husband died, I knew he was going to. God had already showed me a couple of times. But I had peace about it. I didn't worry about it. And I wasn't looking for it. I just knew that that he wasn't going to be able to get over in that realm of faith to receive his healing. Sometimes illness wears people down, folks. You get sick and can't get and can't recover and see how easy it is for you to snap up there. You understand me? So we gotta let people make their peace with God. We gotta let people have their way with God and have their covenant with God. And so once you understand that and you respect that, then God can deal with you and help you and prepare you and get you to a point where you're not devastated like people who have no hope. You got me? We're not like the heathen out there. We're not like those people. But we understand, we have relationship with our God. 
And we're not, we're not angry at God. We're not upset with him about decisions that are way out of our control and way out of our understanding. You know, I understand some things, but I still don't understand everything. So I had to finally thank God for the life that he had. You, you got me? And, and, and just allow God to work his work in me as the comforter and keep moving day by day by day you just keep relying on his strength to strengthen you and and comfort you and and give you hope and give you encouragement and so as long as there's hope on the inside of you you give God something to work on to strengthen your life you know you you know you'll come to a place where it's better you're not there yet but you can see it you got me that's that's what the believer has we can see our better day and we can see our day free of pain you know the unbeliever cannot cannot see that and so if we will do what david did and encourage ourselves in the lord and then God can begin to speak to us. He spoke to David and told him what to do to get his stuff back. And David obeyed God and he was able to recover everything. It was held for him. This is what we don't see when we're in situations. We don't see that what, what, what has been stolen is already reserved for us to get back. See? It's reserved for us to get back you know I, I didn't get my husband back but I have full confidence that he's going to be somewhere lurking when I step over Amen. just see it so, man I thought it was till death we both died already what are you still doing whatever you know, he used to call me the ball and chain. Hell, yeah, ball and chain. I used to hear him talking to his little buddies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Whatever. It'll be the old ball and chain thing again. But you know that. There's a consolation there. There's something that you can't. And it's bigger than your momentary pain. You know, that, that consolation there. It's just wonderful to know that, that God has that stored up for us. He will bring people into your life who are helpers for your life. People that encourage you. People that strengthen you. You know, the same way. Uh, it's amazing. <clears throat> About maybe like two or three years after uh, Aubrey passed away, I started to get emails from this little pastor in India. And he would say, I'm praying, I saw you on the internet, praying for your ministry. And we, we're like pen, pen pals. Like he'll, he'll send me an email at least three or four times a week. And Are there needs in your life, sister? Please pray for so and so because they're going through, I know, all of his aunts and uncles and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And it's nice to have somebody in your life who can pray for you, you know, and, and, and be a help to you. And somebody that can in some way inspire you that there God does provide for you and he brings people who can kind of fill these these voids you know nobody's trying to take the place of anybody but God's trying to fill your life and show you that there's is help for you and people that that love you and care about you and so God then if we will understand the strong consolation that the Holy Spirit this comfort this new comfort that we have it's a strengthening comfort it's a profound thing that that brings Brings us into a place where we are one with God and we understand God perfectly. And he understands us. And that, that's the best thing. Is he brings us together with God in a unity that really cannot be matched. So why don't we stop. Father in heaven we thank you for giving us a way to know you. And know your heart. Understand you. Understand your ways in such a great way, Lord, that we can can lean on you, and there's nothing wrong with it, Father. Nothing wrong with leaning on you because that's what you're there for. And as you strengthen us, Father, we can continue to do what you set us in this earth to do and be a blessing and receive our blessings from you in a great way. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. If anybody needs prayer, you